Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Do you need heavy equipment or farm equipment? Look no further than Southern Equipment and Parts in Laurel. We have a wide selection of new and used equipment from many top brands. We also offer parts, service, and rentals. Whether you're a contractor, farmer, or just need help around the house, we have what you need. Southern Equipment is your one-stop shop for all farm and heavy equipment. Visit us at 5237 Highway 84 West and southernequipparts.com or call 601-651-4555. Well, free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Indeed you are. The Wednesday, February 15th edition of the Eagle Hour. And we're glad that you're with us on the Super Talk Mississippi Network of Stations. I'm Kelly Sander along with Ben Milam. Sitting in today as Bob Getty and Luke Johnson are off. Producer engineer Michael Mergens pressing all the right buttons. Still to come on the program, we're going to be talking with Juan Cardona, men's assistant basketball coach at Southern Miss. A little bit later on, we have an interview with Morgan Linestock, the uh, Lady Eagle pitcher that was so successful this past weekend. Lady Eagle's off to a great start on the softball field. And then Patrick McGee from NOLA.com talking about all the personnel changes the New Orleans Saints have announced today and where Will Derek Carr wind up, if not New Orleans? A lot to talk about on this show. This first segment brought to you by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. It's loved everywhere, but cooked right right here in that, the Hattiesburg location. is right next to Turtle Creek Mall. Just follow your nose, as the old toucan Sam used to say in the uh, cereal commercials. <laughs> yeah. Remember him, Ben? I do. Follow I do. your nose. It That's always right. knows, right? Uh, Dickie's Barbecue Pit, a proud supporter of Eagle Athletics and, indeed, this program. The Golden Eagle men's team will head right down Highway 98 in just a little while, in fact, to get ready for the South Al Jaguars and the next uh, Sunbelt competition. The Eagles go into that game 23-4 and overall, 12-2 and in conference play. South Al 13-14 and overall, 6-8 and in the league. The Eagles beat South Al earlier this year in Hattiesburg 76-72, to but as we welcome men's assistant coach Juan Cardona to the show today, coach, this team scares me to death. We only beat them by four up here, and in my opinion, they're playing really good basketball right now. What, tell us about some problems that the way South Al is playing now might be troublesome for you guys tomorrow night. No, I appreciate, first of all, I appreciate the, the opportunity, Kelly and Ben, you know, for, for being in the program. And, um, and uh, I, think, I think South Alabama um, did some things when they came here the first time and we played them that, that really disrupt what we were doing defensively. But, um, well, we, we have the proper adjustment for it and uh, we'll be ready to go. But they are, they are playing better. They have a guard. Every time you got you got you have guards like Turbo Jones and Isaiah Moore that can control the tempo and and have played at a high level and and and, and at the center position they they have Samuel so so they 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 have a hell of a team and 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 we're up to, for the challenge but we know we know that they want to play at their own pace they want to they want to get to the free throw line and 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 we got to be ready to 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 take that away from. 
Actually, in Southern Miss, if the Eagles have had a consistent problem, and it's a minor problem, for heaven's sakes, you guys are 23-4, and four, but when a team has a strong inside presence, that seems, that seems to give the Eagles a little bit of trouble. Well, I think, I think when, when, I mean, our team is, I mean, what, 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 what we're so great at, not good, I don't think we're good, I think we're great, is, is that, that we spread you out. And Felipe Jose has the capability of playing the four and five, but he's really, when he goes to the next level, he'll play a four. So he ain't no five, but what happened is his size allows him with Dre to play the five, but, but a, really, a real five is Tegmo. So, so whenever you see five that, that are going to uh, uh, just be in the paint and, and force double teams, we'll go with Tegmo, and, and that, uh, that, that our lineup is going to be shake, uh, 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 shaken a little bit. But but you know what I mean is 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 that's why a mid major team is, 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 is that's the difference between a mid major team and a high major team the bigs and I think there's a couple of bigs with 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 Louisiana's big and and South Alabama's uh, a big that that are are a handful but but like I said we're gonna have a package for them defensively and and they're gonna have to guard us as well. Coach, you mentioned Tyler Mormon there, and I, I thought that was maybe the biggest successful adjustment in that second half against Louisiana last Thursday. What does Tyler Mormon do specifically well on the defensive end to slow down those bigs? Oh, he's energy, man. And and, and he, he knows his assignment. He he goes to the through the scouting report. Um he, he really understands the defense that, that we're in. Remember we only have done this for, for, for less than a year. So so his IQ is very high and and we always in constant communication uh, 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 f- from what I want for him, right? And 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 when 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 we throw Tyler Mormon at you, um, remember that, that this is a heavy guy. So so f- for you to move him, you have to spend energy. It ain't like you're gonna move uh, uh, a guard around. You know what I mean? So he, yeah. I don't know his weight right now, but but he he has the weight and the size to disrupt any big in the country, not just our conference in the country. Coach, I do want to ask you about South Alabama tomorrow night. You mentioned one of those guards, Isaiah Moore. Had a big night in Hattiesburg. Had 22 against you guys last time in Regan Coliseum. And he's kind of one of those old-school point guards a little bit. Does not shoot it. Uh, oftentimes does not shoot it at all from the perimeter, but is really great at getting position in the lane, attacking the bucket, like you mentioned, hitting free throws, getting to the free throw line. What's the specific challenge he brings to you, and what adjustment do you uh, have to make tomorrow night to slow him down? No, I think I think I think we have to keep size on him because I think he uh, he ain't no, he ain't he's not your normal uh, point guard a uh, 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 body type. You know what I mean? So, so whenever you throw a point guard at, at, at them, he's able to move them because the, and push him around because he's heavier than everybody else. So now we have we have we, we're definitely gonna switch it up. So if you see, so if if you seen the, the the first game that that we the, the way we play him, that's nothing like we're gonna play him this time. So so that's an adjustment that we make uh, that that are, we are making, and we're gonna mix it up uh, with the press, not pressing. You know what I mean? We're gonna. We're gonna we're gonna mix it up and 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 and, and based on what they did to us and and preparing for 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 new things that that, that they might throw at us. So Men, we'll, we'll definitely be ready. Men's assistant basketball coach Juan Cardona is with us on the Eagle Hour this Wednesday edition. Coach, besides taking care of the basketball, as you guys have done pretty well this year, as well as out rebounded teams, the statistic that's been jumping out lately is. 
relatively slow halftime starts. You know, you go into the locker room either tied or behind by three or four points. But then the second half is completely different. So what's up with that? You guys have been playing so much better in the second half. So what is the magic bullet there in the second half? I think I think if you look at those games when and the stretch we are in, I think uh, uh, in half of those games we we've gotten in foul trouble. That being Felipe, that being um, AC, that probably Dre. You know what I mean. So now we have to adjust, and and the substitution patterns it gets hit a little bit. But because we are so deep, we are so deep, and everybody knows the role offensively and defensively. We got a system, right? So so what we do is that. Their faces is going to change, but obviously, with with every individual comes different talents. So, so what we're trying to do is just that, uh, uh, just pressure you enough that we don't get in foul trouble. So, in the second half, we can really step it up. I mean, when you go and play, there's two ways of looking at this. When you play away games, yes, you have to be aggressive, but you try you trying to understand, and you have to, and you must understand that they're trying to do the same thing you do here. They're trying to protect their house. So what happened is if, 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 if we don't want to get caught early in foul trouble, and now all of a sudden we are playing more, more defensively than offensively because we don't want to touch you or, or, or get in foul trouble. So if you, if you look at Southern Miss playing when they play away, we have a different approach in that first half than the second half. So when we are here, we can pressure, we can, we can, we, we, we can get uh, going a little earlier because we're at home and we feed out of, uh, out of the crowd. So, so we take a different approach depending on what type of game and where we're playing at. Well, dealing with the math, and I know this will make Coach Cardona's skin crawl, but according to our math, new or old, if the Eagles win tomorrow night at South Al, they will lock down one of the top four seeds in the conference, which would give them that double bye, which means they'd only have to win three games to win the tournament and then get to the NCAA as opposed to having to win four or five. But you've made it very clear, Coach, you don't care about being in the top four. Once the smoke clears at the end of that tournament, you want to be the one, the only one that counts. Amen. And, and, and I think, and I think um, the only way to do it uh, uh, is that. You know what I mean? You, I mean, yes, we, 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 and we don't get excited because, because we're going to make the first four spots. We, we, we're here for a challenge. We want to we wanna be in the talk. Uh, of the greatest team that ever came out of USM, and when 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 we get over that twenty four win margin, we're gonna be in that talk. You know what I mean? So, but that's that's a conversation for a different day. And um and uh, but we knew going in that the type of players we had, and and I think we've shown that. Well, Coach Cardona, I know a lot of Southern Miss alum from along the Mississippi Gulf Coast, and there are a lot in the Mobile area that will be there pulling for the black and gold uh, tomorrow night against uh, the evil empire from, from South Al. And, uh, and then coming back to take on Gata, the Georgia Southern Eagles, their first trip in any sport yeah. to Hattiesburg will be this Saturday for a 12 o'clock start. Coach Cardona, thank you, and we wish you nothing but the best. And uh, to the top. Thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate you guys. Juan Cardona, men's assistant basketball coach. Ben, this... They, they, they're already in the conversation for being the best Southern Miss team, but the fact that the NCAA is giving them no love at all, no pollsters, or even giving them any votes, what is up? I don't know. That's and you remember 10, 10 years ago, it was the same exact thing. That's just the way it goes. And we're gonna and we're gonna talk more about that yeah, in yeah. the second segment. We'll switch gears and talk softball when the Eagle Hour continues after this commercial break. 
Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. I've got a great idea for Eagle fans listening to the Eagle Hour today. Saturday, the big serious Mardi Gras parade is taking place right in front of the campus. The party on Hardy. Kyrus. Is that what they're calling? Yeah. Kyrus? Kyrus. Not Cyrus like Miley? Nope. Okay, Kyrus. <laughs> Close. I, I, I don't really know a lot about the whole Mardi Gras thing, but hang with me here. I do know the parade is taking place in front of the Southern Miss campus yeah. this Saturday. Why not start your day at Mobe Beignet, right, right across from the campus, get you two or four with the powdered sugar and the flavored uh, syrups with hot or cold coffee. You can start there. Then walk about 30 yards down to Campus Bookmart and get you some Southern Miss swag. Get ready for the game against Georgia Southern. Yep. You can have a whole lot of fun on Saturday and hardly ever leave that area. Thanks to Mobe Beignet and Campus Bookmart. And thanks to Miss Kathleen Sick, who's the proprietor at Campus Bookmart, who, who knew I didn't have a Valentine, Ben, and she brought me some chocolates. All calories removed, of course. Oh, yeah. Uh, to be my Valentine. Thank you, Miss Kathleen. They're available online. Uh, all the material at Campus Bookmart available online 24-7 at campusbookmart.net. Finish up what we began last segment, man. I, Southern Miss now, one of the few teams, if not the only team, in the country with well over 20 wins, not polling a single vote in the NCAA. If this isn't a dead giveaway to Sunbelt fans that this is still going to be a one-team invitation to right. the NCAA tournament. I don't know what else is. Yeah, and it, we've seen it over the past couple of years. It's, that has been the case for a long time, but I, I think it is, it is, there's become even more of a gap in terms of both perception and your ability to, to beat those metrics without uh, – uh, I'm sure there's a better way to say that, but you know what I mean, just in, in terms of the net rankings and all that stuff and the ability to climb in those rankings, even when you are 12-2 and two, in conference play, I mean, it's near impossible, it feels like. And even even if Southern Miss does run the table, say you win these last four regular season games, you sweep the conference tournament, I mean, there's still a question of whether or not that resume, obviously you'd be an automatic qualifier at that point, there'd still be a question of whether you would have gotten a hypothetical at-large bid. And, and if you missed, if you didn't win the tournament, would 26 right. or 27 wins be yep. enough to get in as an at-large? And we'd have to say probably maybe not. not. Probably not. Yeah, and that's, a, and that's a shame, regardless of who the team is. I agree. When Donnie Tyndall was here, I think the Eagles were close to 30 wins and didn't get in. So it just is yep. what it is, yep. right? One team that is out of the gate very quickly is the women's softball team, the Lady Eagles 3-0. and And, of course, it's been, it's been a real tumultuous couple of years over at the softball diamond. But under new leadership, three wins over the weekend. Yeah, Golden Eagles 3-0, and and they will look to go to 4-0 and tonight against Southern, and a big reason for that is the pitching. Kelly Morgan-Leinstock leading the way in the starting circle. She's been really good in her final years at Golden Eagle. Former Arizona State That's Sun right. Devil. That's right. right. And she's yeah. from the West Coast and had a chance to sit down and talk with her the day before the opener last week and get her views on this season and about her as an individual. Let's hear what Morgan-Leinstock had to say. 
Morgan getting ready for this interview today. You're going, oh, I'm scared. I'm not used to talk. You seem to be doing just fine. How are, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. All right, so the pitcher obviously has always been the focus on a, on a softball team. Tell, tell me a little bit about your, your history. You're a long way from home, from Scottsdale, Arizona, to Hattiesburg. First of all, how did that happen? How did you get here? So I was a freshman somewhere else, and my brother was attending this school at the time. He was on the track and field team. And I had put myself in the transfer portal and was contacting schools. And, you know, when COVID happened, you couldn't visit schools. And I was like, Trevor, what's Southern Miss like? What, is the campus pretty? Is there stuff to do and stuff? And, you know, you told me all about it. And I was like, why not contact them? And I have family here, and, you know, he knows people so that I can get to know more uh, his friends and all that and have support. And that's the only reason why I chose to come here. Okay, but obviously, if you if you couldn't do the job, you wouldn't be here. So what was it about your skill set, do you think, that, that Southern Miss said, yeah, we need Morgan Linestock to come here? Yeah, um, I have leadership skills, and I bring a lot of energy. That's what a lot of coaches see. And... That's why Coach Levan uh, uh, picked me up to be on his team. It's because of the videos that he, uh, coaches in my past have sent him. Like, oh my gosh, she has such great energy. You know, a lot of people love to watch her play. So, yeah. What are your best pitches? Tell us about uh, what are your best pitches? What's your go-to pitch on a 3-2? So I've been pitching since I was 13, and... My drop ball is my best pitch. I've been throwing it ever since then. I've worked on it since then. And it's just my to-go my to go pitch. It's so nasty, and a lot of people cannot hit it. Well, I like the fact that you're confident yeah. about that. How are you a different baseball player from, from your freshman year, Morgan, to now your senior year? And you've already said you're not going to take your COVID year, even though you have it. But how are you different as a pitcher and a player from – Let's just say the time you got to Southern Miss to where you are now at Southern Miss. How are you different? Um, I have better leadership skills. My mental training is a lot better because, you know, with Coach Poole, we did a lot of meetings with those two, uh, those two things. And, you know, just learning how to lead the team and, you know, have them be successful and build their confidence and hold them accountable and, you know, just... It takes a lot of learning to, you know, have the ball in your hand and knowing what you're supposed to do. Yeah, so not only being the pitcher, kind of being the one everybody looks at, but you're a senior pitcher, so you're kind of the uh, the mother, if you will. Of I'm the grandma. <laughs> okay. Especially yeah, Russell calls me. Uh, she calls me the grandma. Well, again, you, there's a lot of freshmen on, on this team too, who are maybe five or six years younger than you. You know, depending on where that is. So that's pretty cool. Uh, do you like that role? Yeah, I do, because then it just, uh, everybody looks up to me, and, you know, with all of my energy, they rely on me, and, you know, they expect me to perform at my best, and I do that for them, so it's just all about, you know, they're looking up to me. I, I have to ask you this, Morgan, too, you being from Arizona, where it's a dry heat. <laughs> it's certainly not a dry heat in Mississippi. How did you adjust? Um, so, I, I've been here for a while. I've been adjusting to it. Uh, every time I go back home, it's dry heat, and you know I love the dry heat. And I'm gonna come back here. It's like extremely humid, but you know I just 
you know, try to be outside as much as possible so I can get used to it. Is it tougher physically as a pitcher pitching in humidity as opposed to dry heat, or does it matter? Um, no, it doesn't matter because I try to figure, uh, find a way on how to pitch in different environments. How good can this 2023 Lady Eagle softball team be? I believe that we will be fun to watch, and, you know, we've developed so many um, skills and improved them, you know, hitting, fielding, communication, everything that we do on the field, it's just gotten so much better, and I'm so excited for people to come here and watch us play. Final question, Coach Poole obviously brings a different skill set than the previous coaches that have been here. What's been your favorite? Uh, your favorite thing about Coach Poole? My favorite thing about Coach Poole is that she likes to keep us on the same page. And, you know, whenever things are going wrong, she likes to come talk to us and, you know, talk to us to build our confidence and, you know, just communicate with us. And I love how she's always checking up on us. Safe to say a, a, a bit of a more positive attitude than yeah. perhaps in the past? Well, yeah, every, uh, yeah, she's been more in a positive way. Like, everybody loves her, and she brings good vibes on the field. And, yeah, that's why we have so much uh, more fun. Well, we're looking forward to seeing you chunk it this year, Morgan. Good luck. <laughs> Thank you. Morgan Linestock. Ben, you know what sticks out to me about, about that interview? And she and some of her other teammates that I got to interview that we'll be sharing in the weeks to come is they said, you know, it was a really negative area um, not to – you know, peel back the onion too far, but the last couple of years, softball wasn't any fun. Sure. And, and I mean, a dozen young ladies leave the program. Yeah. Uh, but now that Coach Poole has come in, they said they, they are looking. First of all, the young ladies that stayed, I think you should really salute. Yes. Because a lot of them didn't stay. Uh-huh. Right. But they said it's fun again. They, <laughs> they want to go to the ballpark. They want to play. And if nothing else, record-wise this year, that's a big step forward. Absolutely, it is. I think that's how you you move a program forward when there's there's a negative atmosphere and you have players transferring out year in and year out. It's it's hard to really lay a foundation, and you are very fortunate, like you mentioned, to have players like Morgan Linestock to keep some of that foundation that you can build on this year, and obviously bring in a lot of new pieces that Coach Poole is very excited about. Big reason they're three and zero. And when you have somebody like uh, a Morgan Linestock, an, an older player, now she's now she makes no bones about the fact that she does have a COVID year, but she's one of these athletes that wants to get on with her life. Sure, um, and she doesn't know that softball will include that, but uh, she can she can throw it. And uh, and the thing is, is you can put her out there every day. Softball is a different kind of a sport. That's right. It's sometimes all it takes to make a difference and and bring a good softball team to great is having one ace in the circle and. Morgan Linestock, I think, has that potential already. Two complete games, a nine-inning complete game against Seton Hall, seven-inning complete game against Sanford. 262 pitches. That's just, But that's just softball. She, like you said, she can go out there and play every day. And when she's in the circle, you're going to have a chance to win. And people always ask, how come softball pitchers can go every day and baseball pitchers can't? It's physiology. That's right. The body is designed to throw it like a softball player. Not no like one can it. see what you're doing right now. Though. Yeah, I'm doing. He's the, doing the softball. Kelly's in the circle in right studio. now. In the studio. <laughs> Sorry, I, my television background. When we come back, we'll head down to the Crescent City. Patrick McGee from NOLA.com joins us next.
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. This third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill. If you're not going down to Mobile tomorrow night uh, and not taking in the Lady Eagles game, 4th Street Bar and Grill is going to have the men's game on down there. And it's kind of like the old TV show Cheers where everybody knows your name. Everybody there is a Southern Miss fan. You don't meet an enemy at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Oh, also, if you want to shoot some darts, play some pool, they can take care of you there as well. And the nine ninety five lunch special Monday through Friday at uh, 4th Street Bar and Grill right over the Highway 49 Bridge on 4th Street. You'd look right out the window and see M.M. Roberts Stadium. Kelly Sander, Ben Milam, and Michael Mergens with you on this uh, cloudy, cloudy Wednesday here in the Hattiesburg area. But right now we jet down Interstate 59 to the Crescent City where NOLA.com's Patrick McGee joins us for his weekly update as to what's going on in the Big Easy. Patrick, good afternoon to you. Hey, guys. How are y'all? Okay, so the New Orleans Saints have have announced that they have... uh, Shuffled the deck, as it were, on some personnel changes. Bring us the very latest. Yeah, uh, some of these hirings have been announced. You have Joe Woods, who's going to be the defensive coordinator, moving. Uh, he, he was previously in that position with the Cleveland Browns, and he has experience uh, working with Dennis Allen before with the Raiders. So the Saints moved on from the two co-defensive coordinators. Uh, you have one move on now the D.C. for the Falcons, and Richard, he was let go. Uh, now you have Todd Grantham moves in as defensive line coach. And in secondary, Marcus uh, Robertson, who was with the Cardinals previously. Uh, Clancy Barone is the new tight ends coach. And you have uh, Kevin Carberry, uh, assistant offensive line coach. But uh, college football fans should be pretty familiar with Ty Grantham. Uh, he's with Florida, Mississippi State. He's bounced around a lot, but he's got experience as an NFL defensive coordinator and defensive line coach. So a lot of experience there with the new defensive line coach. Well, Graham, too, right, has a college background. Was it uh, Grantham? Yeah, that, that's no, that's no. The guy I, 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 oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I got you. I, I thought I heard you say say Graham in there. But. Well, no, no, I apologize. But yeah, Grantham. He's everybody knows him. He's kind of he's been kind of a controversial figure on the college level. He's, right. You know, he's been really good or really bad at Florida. It really didn't work out. Uh, he and Dan Mullen kind of went down with the ship over there. Well, Patrick, what's the reception been like around New Orleans Saints circles? Do do you? Uh, do you get that the fan base, those that are close to the program, feel like this is a positive move forward with these changes? Uh, you know, I, I I think a lot of people were surprised that, you know, basically all these changes have happened on the defensive side. <laughs> Everybody was kind of hoping uh, Carmichael, they would move on from Carmichael and make significant changes there, maybe even uh, promote Ronald Curry to uh, offensive coordinator, but now he's in, you know, in the hunt for a spot on the Denver staff. I haven't heard anything recently on that. I know he was supposed to interview. Uh, but yeah, it's no, I mean, <laughs> most Saints fans are still fairly skeptical, but I mean, the way the defensive staff comes together, it makes sense. And obviously that's Dennis Allen's defense at the end of the day. And Joe Woods is going to make somebody that he's very familiar with and they should work well together. So, it's, so defensively, I don't, you know, anybody that wants to fret over the defensive staff, I don't really understand, but. I can understand Saints' concerns that they want more out of that offense and more creativity and uh, something they really didn't get under Carmichael in year one. Well, one of the top subjects we talked with last week when you visited us, Patrick, was the the fact that Derek Carr had been visiting with the Saints. Nothing new there or is there. Bring us up to date. Yeah, well, Carr, he he rejected any trades – uh, so basically what he did when he did there is he knew the Raiders were going to cut him and he was going to be put into free agency. 
so right now, Carr has got a, a, a long list of teams that are pro- that are interested at the moment, including the Saints. Uh, Jim Derry, uh, NOLA.com, uh, works on the betting side for us, put out some odds today. Putting the Saints kind of second in the pecking order in terms of teams that are a favorite to land uh, Carr. He put the Carolina Panthers at plus 200 just above the Saints. Uh, and then you also have the Buccaneers, who were also considered in the mix, and the New York Jets, uh, who are you know have been rumored to also have interest in maybe acquiring Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you know, we'll see how this shakes out. But the Saints are still very much in the mix, and there may have even been a low key agreement. Hey, go into free agency. Uh, we'll talk then, and we'd like to bring in it. And you know, it, by if the Saints sign them through free agency, they can you know if they had if previously before the deadline passed they could have traded for him but they would have had to give up like a third round pick so if they can get him in free agency they don't have to give up any draft picks so in, in at the end of the day if the saints can sign cars a free agent that's a much better situation than they would have had to uh, getting him through a trade and until and until denver you know did what it did the saints had very little yeah. draft capital to begin with yeah you know, so right. um, so that certainly makes a lot of sense. But if you're a player, if you're Derek Carr, one of the things you would look at, it seems to me, is what team do I have the best chance to succeed with? Which team can get me to the Super Bowl quicker? And really, when you mention the teams on that list, Patrick, I'm not sure any of them are all that promising at this point. Agree? Disagree? Or what do you think? No, no I, I agree. I mean, I, I you know, uh, I'm very familiar with the Saints have their offer. I don't think the Panthers are that far off, but they've still got a rebuild to do there i mean they've got a lot of work to do uh under a new head coach and and the saints are a little bit of continuity and you know who the coach is you know he's the guy that drafted you into the nfl and and that defense is still playoff caliber um you know in the nfc if the Derek Carr is the quarterback from new orleans saints the saints would enter the uh, uh the next season as probably the favorite to win the nfc south and if you're Derek Carr, you want to get into the playoffs and a lot of these teams are you know well away from making the playoffs, uh, or or just really on the edge, you know. And the Saints, I think, with Derek Carr's quarterback, I think they're a you know a, not, a you know a nine to ten win team, which probably puts them in the playoffs and possibly uh, as NFC South champs. So contractually, though, where's Andy Dalton at this point, if anywhere? Uh, he he's he's kind of in a limbo right now. Uh, he signed a one year deal with the Saints, and he's he's in a free agent position. There's really no telling where he'll end up. Uh, at this point, it, it, I'm, the odds of him signing with the Saints seem unlikely, but it's not out of the question. Uh, I think there's possible possible that he can maybe come back as a backup for Carr, and I think that'd be a pretty good situation, especially if they can sign him maybe a little bit cheaper than they did last go round. Uh, but yeah, uh, I don't I don't really see Dalton being a you know a top target other than somebody's backup quarterback, and I would I would expect he wouldn't have to have a, too hard of a time finding a job somewhere. Well, in the hypothetical, the Saints do not land Derek Carr. Does do they still? Yeah. Is it Derek Carr, or just kind of fill it in for another year, or do they go after another free agent quarterback in the draft? What, what's the quarterback aim there if if there is no Derek? Yeah, Carr? Bobby yeah, Abair. I mean, that's, pro- <laughs> <laughs> that's the problem here. I mean, there just aren't many great options. I mean, do you, is it you know? There's been some buzz in the last few days about possibly the Saints looking at Baker Mayfield. Huh. If they don't get uh, Derek Carr, and I, I would say there's a fairly significant drop off uh, when it comes from Carr to Mayfield, uh, so so the obvious number one option right now is for the Saints uh, to to go after Carr, and uh, there just aren't many great options. You know, there, there's some decent quarterbacks in this draft. You know, Bryce Young, but 
the Saints are going to be drafting late in the first round, and and if I had to guess, I would think probably the earliest the Saints would draft quarterback would be in the second round since they're not that high up. So uh, I, I think they probably would go pretty aggressively aggressively after Carr again. Patrick, shifting gears to college football, Southern Miss announced yesterday that uh, as they partially release some football schedules in the future, one name that pops up pretty consistently is the Tulane Green Wave, either in New Orleans or Hattiesburg. I, I, I think that is a winning combination for both schools. Your thoughts? Yeah, no, I mean, that's something that needs to happen. Uh, and you see you know, uh, Jacksonville State now coming on the schedule. And, and Southern Miss is, is trying to put some effort into scheduling games, FBS games here in, in you know, in a, in a drivable distance. Uh, outsiders obviously have pay games with Ohio State, uh, stuff like that. But, I mean, shoot, the 2023 schedule, they don't have to go very far at all. You got, you know, uh, you're going to Florida State and you're going to State. So, uh, really, that travel budget for 2023 isn't looking so bad for Southern Miss. But, yeah, to having Tulane on the schedule, I think, is positive for both programs. The Americans about to take a dip in football. Uh, I know Tulane really hit a high mark this year, uh, uh, had a great season, won the Cotton Bowl. Uh, but but the whole makeup of the Americans is about to be different, and it's not going to be that big of a separation between the Americans and Sun Belt in the not too distant future. So it makes sense that Tulane and Southern Miss uh, kind of you know ha- you know have you know be able to kind of have those tie-ins that relationship. It makes sense in all sports, really. They should be playing in basketball as well. Uh, so yeah, I think Tulane and Southern Miss is a positive across the board. Well, and I'm I'm curious the perception of the fan base for the Green Wave because you know five or six years ago when the AAC was formed, it, the perception was it was the best Group of Five conference, as you said, Patrick. Mm-hmm. I think that's becoming less of the case when Green Wave fans hear that Southern Miss is on the schedule in the future and will be continually. So, is that a positive thing to them? Well, I mean, they were able to kind of they they. Had, <laughs> If you go back to that little stretch there uh, where Southern Miss really got, you know, knocked around by Tulane there two or three times. Uh, but Southern Miss going in there and beating Tulane on its home field this season ultimately, you know, immediately grabbed that respect. Yeah. You know, looking back on the season, all these Tulane fans are like, man, if we'd only beaten Southern Miss. But if you watch that game, I mean, Southern Miss was very much, you know, right there with them and the better team. You know, mm-hmm. that final score didn't really reflect how decisive of a win it was for Southern Miss. So I, I think there's that respect that goes back and forth, and I think uh, both fan bases would probably want to see each other in the future. Well, Patrick, one thing that Tulane always beats Southern Miss in, I hate to say it, is ACT scores. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got to win something. Yeah. ACT scores yeah. would be as good as anything else. Thanks for the input, buddy. We always enjoy your insight. We'll talk to you again soon. All right, thanks, guys. Patrick McGee from NOLA.com. When we get back, Ben Milam will get us up to date a little bit about a lot of things, including women's basketball and what the other Golden Eagle teams are up to as we wrap up a Wednesday, February 15th edition of the Eagle Hour in a moment. Southern Miss to the top. D1 and D-Bat Training brings you the final segment of the Eagle Hour. And, man, are they busy over there with softball and baseball travel tournaments uh, getting started here in the next couple of weeks. Doesn't matter whether it's cold, whether it's rainy. It's always uh, sunny, warm, and dry inside D1 and D-Bat. they got the pitching machines going there. They've got uh, all different sorts of things in the 
pro shop that your youngster might need to be successful in softball or baseball, or if you just want to do physical fitness training, they can take care of you well as well there at D1 and DBAT training uh, right off of I-59 in Hattiesburg. Ben Milam, uh, this is springtime. All the other sports teams, I know baseball, of course, getting ready, and we will, a programming note, we will be live from Pete Taylor Park on Friday afternoon for the Eagle Hour for our show, and we will have a myriad of hosts, um, Southern Miss Dignitaries, at Pete Taylor ready for the opener on Friday. But other sports teams at Southern Miss are rocking and rolling. Yeah, crossover season, everything, a lot of stuff in the winter sandwiches into the spring a little bit. So a lot of action, Our both our golf teams competed over the weekend at the English Turn Golf and Country Club in New Orleans. The ladies finished ninth out of 18 in that uh, tournament. The men finished sixth. Tennis tennis action. Uh, tennis had a good weekend last weekend. They'll continue their competition here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, as mentioned, softball in action tonight, 5 o'clock. Weather permitting. Weather, weather permitting, of course. And uh, a whole lot of softball action this weekend, along with baseball and basketball on campus. It's going to be a fun weekend. Thursday night, the Lady Eagles and Coach McNellis on the basketball side of things. They will head to Atlanta to begin a two-game road road swing they'll take on georgia state that is an early it's a in a 11 a.m eastern time tip-off so 10 a.m local time against georgia state on thursday isn't that strange that is strange yeah. and, and that's that's where ben it's at georgia state the atl there you go the thank ATL. you very much yeah, yes there yes. you go of course <laughs> of course the men against south alabama tomorrow night in the mitchell center on Friday, the softball ladies will play a doubleheader against Samford and Alcorn State. Opening day for baseball on Saturday, as mentioned, the basketball Eagles, Jay Ladner, will take on Georgia Southern. Senior day at 12 o'clock, softball doubleheader again, one against Tulsa, one against Southern Indiana University, Evansville, and then baseball at 4 o'clock whole lot of action if you're a Golden Eagle fan this week. And Saturday, it looks like the weather's going to cooperate. Going to be a little on the chilly, a little chilly side. A little but, chilly. But we can, we can live with that, particularly yeah. in the roost where they've got, um, shall we say, things that can take care of uh, huh. you, you being too cold. Okay, interesting. It, including oh. spicy hot crawfish. Right. And, Blankets. And potatoes. Yeah. Sweaters. <laughs> well... I can't too. think of anything else. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that too. Space heaters. <laughs> but uh, I don't know if they have space heaters out there. Yeah, this this will be really interesting this weekend at the Pete in particular. What I'm talking about from an administrative standpoint at Southern Miss because you're you're going to be dealing with record crowds. Yeah, right. It's you've been living in a cave not to know that record season ticket sales. SRO the standing room only tickets are practically sold out, mm-hmm. if not all. So. Where are all these people going to go, right? And you hear, you know, you hear some of the the, the guys up in the um, opera box, like the two old Muppets, you know, up there, the guys that... Waldorf and Staller. That, that complain about everything. Some of the guys in the roost are saying, I don't mind the standing room only tickets, but they better not stand up and block my view. I've been there for 15 years. Yeah. And there's there's going to be probably some of that this weekend. Yeah, probably a little bit. And I think only 200 student tickets available. And so we have talked about, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. At some point, you're going to have to make room for all of these people and expand the Pete. Obviously, that might be down the list a little bit in terms of facilities improvements. But at some point, A, you're missing probably out on some revenue because there are not as many people that can fit in the stadium. But B, in terms of the experience, like you said, People are just standing around. They're going to be standing in front of someone inevitably. 
Still going to be a great, fantastic atmosphere. And obviously, if you get to go catch a game at the Pete, do so. And to anybody in the fan base that would like to have those improvements at the Pete take place earlier rather than mm-hmm. later, mm-hmm. The, I'm told that I can say on behalf of the university, they will take a check. Yeah. So if anybody would like to go ahead and step up and pay for those, yeah. you know, they can take care of that right now. But before we get out of here, wouldn't it be something, we talked about a record year for the men's basketball team, if the men's team and women's team, they right now both have legitimate chances to win the Sunbelt Tournament sure. in, in Pensacola that last weekend in February going into March. Wouldn't that be something, not one, but two NCAA tournament bids mm-hmm. at Southern Miss? That would be a whole lot of fun. And, and as you mentioned, just to be able to have that conversation, competitive basketball, both on the men's and women's side, that's a conversation we have not been able to have in a long time at Southern Miss. And if you are just halfway competitive, anything can happen at a conference tournament. But when we get to tournament time for both the men and the women, they're both going to be heavy contenders, obviously, in that conference tournament. And really, other than South Al and maybe Troy, we may be, we may be even closer than Troy is to Pensacola. So if you want to make that trip, it's not very far. And it's not often that you get to see the, the Eagles play in a conference tournament yeah. that's that close. So it, might, it, it would be worth the, you know, the trip. I don't know when spring break shakes out as far as the, the kids and the school schedules and stuff like that. But it would certainly uh, be memorable. And if both teams could make it, man, the financial windfall for the university would be, would be something. Yeah, we can dream. But at least now this dream could become reality. Absolutely. It's been a great year for the Southern Miss basketball teams. Ben, thanks for sitting in, buddy. Always good to have you with us. Always good to be here, Kelly. Michael, thank you for pushing all the right buttons. Michael Mergen's our producer-engineer. I didn't have a choice, but yeah. Well, that's that's why he makes that high-altitude dollar, because he's the only one that knows how to work all that stuff over there that puts us out over the airwaves. Bob and Luke will rejoin us uh, tomorrow on the Eagle Hour. Tomorrow at 1 o'clock, we will talk to you then. Until then, Southern Miss to to the the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.